hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. I hope your week is off to a good start. Today, we're talking about why you want to be a fundamental value investor. And we'll talk a little bit about social security and a red flag that's waving in the wind. I'll also sneak in an idea or two that you can take away and research on your own to see if it makes sense for your portfolio. Now, let's spend a couple of minutes on the market. I've covered it pretty extensively over the last few weeks and not much has changed as far as my outlook is concerned. You have the economy that's doing extremely well and that's being offset by fears of an ongoing battle over trade and the deteriorating trends in Europe and China. Keep in mind, the market is a forward-looking mechanism which suggests that everyone knows earnings are going to be up over 20% for the quarter. And that will get great GDP numbers out this week. None of this is going to surprise anyone. So what's holding the market back besides the obvious trade issues? I think there's three things, three things you have to be watching. You have to watch the strength of the U.S. dollar and how that'll affect earnings down the road. If you have a dollar that continues to get stronger, you'll see that creep in the earnings for the multinationals. Stronger dollar equals weaker earnings. Another concern is the weakness in the commodity markets over the last couple of months. Economists consider commodity prices as a pretty reliable indicator of how the global economy is doing. Doesn't look so great right now. On top of that, we're in what has historically been the weakest months for the equity markets. All in all, I would expect more of the same. We're stuck in a rut. The rut being this trading range that we entered into back in February. But I still believe that we end the year on new highs. The big picture is always a guess, a somewhat educated guess, but a guess nonetheless. I would suggest a better way to look at investments is from a fundamental standpoint. Don't get me wrong, I think it's real important to have a good understanding of the big picture, but it's a company's fundamentals that we focus on. In other words, we're a bottoms up type investor. Let me explain why we do it this way. If you're a macro, big picture, momentum driven investor, you're looking at the world and you're trying to determine where you want to be invested based off of all kinds of numbers like GDP, currency, commodities. Now, when you find a place in the world that you think has good prospects, then you start digging a little deeper and maybe find a couple of sectors that you find interesting and you think present some opportunities. And once you find those couple of sectors, then you start looking at the individual companies in those sectors, and then you start doing the company research. Well, my point here is that by starting from the top down, you have to make a lot of decisions. And at any point, you could be wrong. And that would take you off the path that you want to be on. Now, I think there's a much better way. It's the path that value investors take. And I think it's the most logical. When you're a value investor, you ask yourself two basic questions. One, is this a good or 
great company. And two, what price am I willing to pay for it? Instead of the other way around where you have to make all these decisions before you even get to the company. I'm fond of saying, I like to buy a dollar for 70 cents. If you bought a great company like Johnson & Johnson, symbol J&J, I talked about them over the last couple of weeks and how I like the drug and the biotechs. But if you bought J&J when you thought it was inexpensive, a 70 cent dollar, and immediately after you did, the market went down. Now it's trading for a 50 cent dollar. How angry or mad can you be? You bought a dollar for 70 cents. You got a great deal. How would you ever know that the market would be selling them for 50 cents today? You can't know that. But what you do know is that you bought a dollar for 70 cents and a dollar is worth a dollar. So be value oriented and be patient. Patience is a virtue that not all of us possess. Sometimes it takes a lot of time to learn patience. Investors constantly feel they need to outperform the market, which honestly, I never really understood. To help you with this, I would suggest you have a good, solid financial plan in place. That way, you know what types of returns you need to achieve your goals instead of just chasing the markets. Chasing the markets has led to many a downfall. That's my message today. Have a plan, be value-oriented, and exercise patience. If you do those three things, I think you'll be successful over the long term. I said a couple of months ago, I was going to take a hiatus from talking about Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett. Well, now it's time to break my silence. And for good reason. Last week, Berkshire announced that they were going to eliminate the restriction that they had on their share buybacks. The previous policy only allowed them to repurchase stock when it was below 1.2 times book value. So you kind of had a floor under the stock. You knew that Berkshire was going to buy back shares at 1.2 times book value. The new policy, which starts August 3rd, allows them to buy back stock when both Warren Buffett and Vice Chairman Charlie Munger believe that the stock price is below Berkshire's intrinsic value. So there are no hard numbers to go by here, but it does give them more flexibility. Book value and intrinsic value are different. Book value is an accounting concept and intrinsic value is an economic concept. Think of it like this, and I'm oversimplifying here just to make my point. Berkshire bought a business, call it XYZ. I know, I know not too creative, but they, they bought a company XYZ 10 years ago for a dollar. And that business has gone on to flourish and do really well. Book value says that that business is worth the dollar that they bought it for. But you and I know that it's worth much more now than what they bought it for. That's the intrinsic value. So it's a bit subjective. The reason they changed it, or at least I'm assuming the reason they changed it, was because Berkshire has a ton of cash, over $100 billion. Yes, that's a one, 11 zeros, and three commas. And they're making more every day. That's a good problem to have, but it's been a drag on their returns. This change 
will most likely set a higher floor on the stock. If we want to make it easy, I'm going to guess that it's about 1.3 times book value. Value Lines estimates that current book value is at $146. So right now, Berkshire is trading right around that floor, a little bit higher. 1.3 times book value would be about $190. They're a little bit over that. If you don't own it, you should look at it. I'm a buyer under $190. Obviously, this is one of my biggest holdings. We've come up to the time where we need to step away and take a break. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. We'll be back in just a moment to talk about social security and yes, a red flag that's waving in the wind. You've worked hard, you've saved and invested. Now you wanna make sure all your hard work pays off. Now's the time to start planning for that future. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. No two people have the same goals and values. We can help you craft a framework for making a lifetime of smart financial decisions that's right for you. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Call us at 301-770-5234. Thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. If you have a question for the show, email us. The email address is podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg. I want to spend a minute or two talking about social security. When we sit down with a client, we used to say, bring in your latest social security statement. So we have an idea of the numbers we'll be using in the planning process. Well, last year, the Social Security Administration stopped sending out those statements to those of you who are under the age of 60, meaning that the only way you can get that information is online. If you're older than 60 and you aren't receiving benefits and you don't have a My Social Security account, well, then you still get the paper statements. What I suggest is that you set up an account. That way, you can make sure the information they have is accurate. It only takes a couple of minutes. You just go to the Social Security website and follow along from there. After you get it set up, take a look at your earnings history because that's what Social Security benefits are based on, the top 35 years of indexed earnings. Every year that someone continues to work, even after full retirement age or claiming benefits, the Social Security Administration continues to review their earnings records. If current earnings are higher than one of the previous years used in the benefit calculation, the future benefits could increase. Only earnings up to $128,400, the annual taxable wage base, counts towards future benefits. Think about this too. For someone who may have a spotty work history and have a couple of zeros in there, continuing to work beyond the traditional retirement age could substantially boost your social security benefits. For folks with work history of more than 35 years, particularly long time, high income wage earners, continuing working 
may not make a huge difference in your future benefits. So go to the social security website, set up your account. I had a question sent in to me asking about the REITs, the the real estate investment trust. And this is a great question because they seem to have found a bottom back in February, just as the broad market was adjusting lower. Understand that there are different kinds of REITs. You have office properties, community shopping centers, malls. Heck, you even have mortgage REITs, which in my opinion are never a buy. So even though they're put under one umbrella or banner, they're different animals. In general, these stocks have been acting as income proxies since the great financial crisis when the focus went to yield. With the Fed tightening monetary policy, I would need to see some compelling operating environment or great valuations. And you know what? I don't see either right now. On the operating front, it appears to me that occupancy has peaked and rents should head lower with it. That's not great for for cash flows. I'm going to stay on the sidelines here. If you're looking for some type of real estate investment, I'd say look at the home builders. D.R. Horton, symbol DHI. They release earnings this week, Thursday. So we'll see what they have to say then. I think that D.R. Horton has one of the better business models in the industry, probably second best behind NVR. What I like about D.R. Horton is that they target the first time homeowner and the supply of entry level homes is tight and the Demand continues to grow as new households form. The millennials are moving out. Yes, we did just see in, uh, inventories increase a bit, and it's the first increase in supply since 2015, but it's still tight. Another reason I like them is because they're using options to buy land, not just outright purchases. They do that too, but the options help them in controlling their expensive land inventory. One last reason, over the last couple of months, lumber prices have dropped. I talked about commodities earlier, but lumber prices have dropped pretty significantly. And this is one of the major cost inputs for the builders. Last quarter, home deliveries were up 15%. They converted almost 100% of their backlog and their profitability improved. We'll see what earnings look like. And if we can buy them under $40, well, then I think it probably makes sense. But you need to do your homework on them first. I own them. Tesla. You know what? Something is fishy at the Gigafactory. Longtime listeners know I'm not a big fan of Tesla. And the reason I bring it up is to emphasize the point that a great product doesn't automatically mean a great investment. You look at Tesla. Tesla has been burning cash like nobody's business. I think the, the current rate is at about a billion dollars a quarter. And they finished the first quarter with about $2.7 billion on hand. So you don't need a higher math degree to figure out they only have three quarters of cash on hand. And that's a problem. So They're looking for ways to become more profitable and in a hurry. And one way, well, and it's alleged, 
that they're asking for money back from their suppliers. Now, I understand asking for discounts on future orders. That's negotiating. But I've never heard of a company asking for suppliers for money back on orders they've already already received. Can you say huge red flag? What also might be a problem for Tesla are some convertible bonds. Tesla will need to pay down about $230 million this November if the stock price doesn't reach $560 and $920 million next March if the stock doesn't reach $313. As I said before, I'd rather own the car than the stock. Listen, we've come up to the amount of time that we've had for today. We'll be back next Wednesday with new ideas. And remember, until then, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, They're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.